Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. What's up, everyone, fans, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or this is your first time downloading, we truly appreciate the support. This is episode 220, and we're recording on Sunday, March 14th, 2021, and the show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Please go to BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50 for a sweet sign-up bonus that you'll receive after making your first deposit. We have another episode full of Boston Hockey Talk coming to your ears for the Bruins pod and family and the eyes of the YouTube viewers. Uh, if you haven't checked out our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel, please do it and hit the subscription tab and the notifications bell. Yeah, you can also follow us on Instagram at Black and Gold Hockey. But enough with all that jazz. This is my favorite part of the show where I welcome in my awesome co-host Heather Ingerson to catch up on her week and see if she's ready for a fun discussion about our beloved National Hockey League Boston Bruins. Heather Ingerson, what is happening, my friend? Nothing. Hello. You say uh, all that jazz. It makes me think we're going to give them the old razzle dazzle. Sorry. That's how my brain Alex goes. Alex Martinez, no. jazz hands. <laughs> Okay, jazz hands, spirit fingers, know the difference. Just um, yeah, so everyone's like, what is that about? Never mind, I'm a dancer, whatever. So um, we had a long week as Bruins fans, but I hope your week was good, my friend, as just a human being, even if as a Bruins fan at times, it was tough to live through. <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions. Um, sitting here in my office or, or down on the couch with Courtney watching these games this week, um, but also on on social uh, media, it was uh, it's uh, yeah, holy crap! If I had the the anchor man uh, in the uh, phone booth, so, uh, I'm a, I'm in a bag of a mixed bag of emotions, just crying. Uh, that would be the gift uh, for pretty much all week. There were ups and downs, but it is what it is. I was thinking if something doesn't turn around, like this fan base really is gonna need some help because it's 
Yeah, it's yeah. hard this week. It's all right. It'll be all right. We'll talk it out. Group therapy Sunday session. Okay. Yeah. Um, before I talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag, I just want to give a shout out because um, I, I did uh, try uh, something new. We delivered a package, a jersey, a hand-signed jersey. It was a Cherry Cheevers jersey. Jerry. Hopefully I didn't say cherry. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Chivas jersey and it can, Canadian Post takes forever. So we want first of all, I want to thank John Bond for his contributions to our program every week, every episode he donates one dollar, and he won the uh, Jerry Chivas hand signed jersey last month, and he finally got it last week. So I just want to tee up a picture of uh, what he got, and this is you can go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. And uh, donate one dollar per episode. And you have a chance every month to be eligible to win one of these. It's a it's a beautiful hand signed jersey. Uh, we threw some magnets and and a sticker in there for his brother Mike uh, of the um, Scuttlepuck Scuttlepuck podcast. Thank you very much. Right on time as usual. That's why I have you around, my love. Uh, but uh, we want to thank everybody that con- contributes to uh, to the program financially, and and if you can't do it by sharing, so it's it's really cool. But we we do have a uh, we're going to give away an awesome jersey. It's March. It's it's like St. Patty's month. So this is a day that we're going to honor one of Boston's badass Irishmen, uh, and we're going to give away a uh, a jersey later on. A Terry O'Reilly hand signed jersey is going to a listener or a viewer today. So please pay attention all the way through this episode to hear the winner. And we're also going to give away a uh, Bruins related item um, to uh, for our weekly giveaway. So stay to the end for that as well. But we do have to talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, up-to-dated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, online sports book experts. All right, Heather, we do have a huge agenda to get to, I think. Um, well, yeah, we do, actually. So why don't, why don't you um, lead us uh, the way as I, I tee up some of these banners that we have. So first of all, last week I meant to mention International Women's Day, and it's horrible that as the woman on the show, I did not. And uh, I did send out a tweet on International Women's Day, but it is, you know, March is Women's History Month. And I don't really have words besides women, yay, us. I don't know. Like, it's weird. Uh, I didn't know it existed. Honestly, I was in spring break in Italy like 20 years ago, and that's the first time I ever heard of it. But shout out to all the girls. And um, I think Bruce Cassidy had the best clip of the week, one of the clips. So do you have his clip? Because I think he sums it up. I love it. I do have his clip. (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome and like in there too like in the whole clip there's like someone off like no it it is international women's day that's why i was like what day month what is going on 
Yeah, but he was, he had given a shout out to all everyone. But um, yeah, that was just funny. So happy. I will say, I will say that this was one of his happier moments of yeah. the week. So like folks, bouncing. soak that, soak that in right now because you might not see that later on. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty good scenes Monday after the Sunday game, which we'll talk about in a few more minutes. But before we get into the ups and downs roller coaster of the week, uh, it is the uh, COVID versary. Yes, uh, for everyone. It's been a year world that in a little longer either side. But wow, what a year it's been. Um, so it was first responders night and the other night. But we just want to take a minute to say. I know everyone's dealt with the pandemic differently. We've all had our experiences, but the one shared thing is I think we all can agree. Thank you to all the first responders and doctors and nurses and uh, custodials and everybody who's working, essential workers, either way. Um, I've been an essential worker. I'm really not. I like take people's orders at a takeout joint, which glad we're still in business, but like not the same as, you know, the people still bringing meals on wheels to people and things like that. So, Thank you to everybody out there. Thank you for the people showing the best of people. Sure, we've seen some of the worst of how people can act this year too, uh, but we are after all social animals and our social dynamics have had to change under our own accord. But it's been a year. I'll never forget when my kid called me to tell me they're going home. We think one of the freshmen might have COVID. Turns out this poor kid only had the flu and will forever be COVID kid, just like <laughs> kids do. But um, that was the beginning by 24 hours later. It's like, um state of emergency, Massachusetts, this and that. And I got a little choked up when Charlie Baker got choked up on his press conference the other day. Cause I'm sure that dude's had a year cause yeah. it's rough. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, sorry not to talk over, let you say a few words about that situation too. Yeah, uh, friends and family that are, that are in the, uh, the front lines, um, you know, uh, policemen, firefighters, um, uh, emergency room workers, uh, you know, hospital staff, all those, everybody that's essential. Um, and throughout this year and did what they had to do to keep humanity uh, to fight to fight this and 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 i think that we're doing a a good job could we we have done a better job i believe so but we're getting to a point that uh, vaccinations are coming out readily available you can see things are starting to happen normalcy is really making a turnaround right now because fans are being in the stands at some of these hockey games that i i didn't think would be seen until fall of 2021. So uh, we're making the appropriate steps forward to get back to normalcy. And I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of that. I want to go out. I want to be a regular person. I don't want to be cooped up anymore. Um, as much as I love sitting here with my friend, Heather talking about talkie, but I would like to do it sometime, maybe remote somewhere. You know, we take the whole studio and go to a place and hang out. Maybe have a couple of beers and a dinner, who knows, yeah. but those are the things maybe that I want to do. Yeah, maybe we just get to have a couple beers and a dinner. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's winter too in New England, so we don't really have. Sold. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely you can have your fire sold. outside, this and that. But absolutely. The end is near. I'm thinking by Memorial Day, my birthday around that week. My birthday is the first week of June. We're going to look feel a lot more like the old normal, even though we're living in our new normal. And we'll start to be able to actually develop what will be whatever. But Yep, not this week, but next week there'll be fans at the garden for the first time in a long, time. I can't believe long it. Time. That's going to be so cool. Can't wait Ooh. to see that. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yay to the world for those of us, you know, like, remember those we've lost. Remember this as a life lesson in case in our time, like the kids that lived through the 1918 pandemic, they've been reading lessons. So hopefully... 
from here on, we're a little kinder, happier, and maybe a little nicer. You know, you used to be so annoyed by other people. Now it's like, hey, man, there's another person. Like there's a, For all the people who have been cooped up, homeschooling this and that while still working, you're like, oh, my God, another adult. It's awesome. Like, nice to see you. And exactly. I, I just want to see your friends and family, but don't be dumb about it. Let's get through it by my birthday so summer can be awesome. All right. Well, I guess we should talk about the week. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I can't even process. Last night, I just had to – all I could post after that game that yesterday afternoon was, I just don't understand what what – I don't understand how a team can bounce back and forth. So, and it's been going on the last three or four weeks and just kind of the last three or four years. How is it possible? But I guess we should start last Sunday. We played New Jersey. Yes, we lost one to nothing. We should have. It was the most boring hockey game. I wanted to take a nap come the second period. I didn't really jot down a lot of notes besides a, we shouldn't play New down to New Jersey, which is what I think we were doing. It was super uninspired and boring. Not as bad as yesterday by any means. It actually, Saturday's game yesterday made me feel better about last Sunday's game for some reason, because at least it didn't look like a horror show as well, you know. Uh, but I thought we looked, uh, I don't know, just uninspired. I don't know. It was just like blah, 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 kind of hockey. But um, Tuca got hurt, I think, was the big takeaway of that game. Uh, played the whole game, but uh, holding his back going off, and that's not good because poor Yarrow's back's got to be hurting from carrying this goddamn team all week. So, Mark, thoughts on New Jersey? Yeah, pretty, um, pretty boring. I, I really don't have much to say, but um, I mean, the 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 only goal of the game was a Kyle Palmieri. He's probably going to be coming to Boston. Uh, <laughs> rumors pretty soon after that goal, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just it was a tough one. Uh, to start the week off, uh, it was a four-game week, and uh, not a great way to start. And and the woes continue with this Metro New York area that we just cannot beat in this uh, new Mass Mutual division. And uh, there's there's got to be some kind of kryptonite buried in the ground somewhere because every time Boston comes near uh, the Metro City or or they play a a, a Metro team, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. And um, I've come to the realization that I'm not going to shave this beard until we beat a New York or a New Jersey team this year. I mean, Good we luck. have beaten the Rangers, but we, I still want to see the, the Bruins beat the Islanders and, and play a better effort against the New Jersey devils. Both teams um, seemingly lower in the standings which you'd think that would be a shoe in for a win, but not this year. It's just, and, and it, it goes back to several years. This Boston Bruins team, they play down to a certain, you know, players um, level. So, and it's got to stop. I mean, you 56 game schedule, uh, schedule, it's condensed. It's tough. It's not easy for anybody. Every team's going through the same thing, but you just have to be better. You have, I don't know what you got to do. To, to get there. So uh, just a pretty disappointing start to the week right here and, and against a team that you should be beating. Two things. One, if we beat Buffalo next week, does that count as beating a New York team? Cause you probably have a better chance of playing Buffalo, but maybe not the way we've been playing in two next man up mentality only works. If you actually step it the fuck up, it ain't bragging. If you do it, you know what I mean? That's one of my favorite sayings, you know, like that's literally probably Brad Marchand's life motto. Cause the way he plays, he's, let it, him and the goaltending are the only consistency that has happened on this team in the last couple of weeks. So that's concerning. But 
Speaking of the Metro New York area, which really seems to have a Bermuda Triangle of wins for us, uh, getting just sucked out and it's never going to happen. Not as bad as it maybe could have been. We played actually a little better, I think, versus the Islanders on Tuesday, March 9th uh, on Long Island. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I got to, my first comment is, and this is just to you as a goalie person, I like Vo- Varlamov. I liked watching him as a goaltender. It's he give he gives me kind of like a little bit of old school vibe, like watching all the people we watch, you know, the Potvins and Josephs and Brodors and Ruas and Hassan. You can go on and on of the world. When we were kids, there were some awesome, like really super superstar goaltenders all at the same time. Uh, but DeBras got benched. He wasn't on the ice for this game. Yeah. Uh, oh, I for. Oh, that's not this one, is it? No. Oh, sorry. Wrong game. Sorry. I got ahead of myself. Um, why can't we beat this team? They are now 4-0 and on the series this year versus us. Uh, the goaltender's good. They have good players. I mean, I love Anders Lee. You know what I mean? Like, they have plenty of good players and stuff. But why can't we, because we are a good team, figure out how to beat this team? I can't. And again, 2-1 to loss, not the worst game they played this week, even though they lost, that's for sure. Uh, but just what is it? What what do we need against these Islanders? I have no idea what to do. I, like what I have, we can do, I mean. I have no clue, but you're absolutely spot on on the Varlamov evaluation. Um, that is, I mean, he just seems like a Bruins killer himself right there. He's been playing very well. Give credit to that team and him. As an aging goaltender, you know, he's been around for a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, just... Just these these goalies are crazy. We'll talk about it when we wrap up the uh, the 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 games of the week. I do want to touch on something that was mentioned to me a while ago, but okay. Um, I also would like to mention. I think part of the problem is they have John J. Peugeot because no matter what team that dude's on, even when he was on the Islanders, he would score two goals a game against us or have three points. Like, what is it about that dude that we can't figure out? The Sens. <laughs> he was on the Sens last. Yeah, that's before that. Even when he was a Sen, that's yep. what I mean. It's like he just every time we played them, we could win six to two, and he would score the two goals or be involved in the two goals that were scored. I don't know what it is. Like he's he reminds me of remember uh. Thomas Vanek, and yep. no matter what team Bruins that dude killer. was, on, he was a Buffalo, Florida, that dude could just—he had our number. No matter who was in goal, no matter who was on the ice, that dude had us figured out. Um, any other thoughts on the Tuesday or Sunday game before we get to the happiest moment of the week? Thursday's game versus the Rangers at home. No, no, I think we could just move right on to uh, happier times. Yeah, I don't want to like, digest a lot of this. Uh, again, no. Islanders game better than Jersey, uh, but they need to learn how to play better against we, the Islanders. We could seriously beat a dead horse on all these games that the Bruins and Islanders played, but we're not going to waste anybody's time because most of the people that that uh, are listening to the program and watching us on YouTube are intelligent enough to they watch the games and they see what we're seeing. We don't need to rehash it all. You were there. We just like to give a little recap for, you know, like personally, I think I put that Jersey game out of my head a week ago. I had to go back and be like, oh, yeah, that game. But Thursday, March 11th, was much, much better, more like we expect our boys to play and like them to play. They were buzzing. They all had Frederick brain and feet. Um, Brad Marchand is a sexy hockey player. Do you see that shit he pulled around Buchnevich? Everybody what the started, hell was that? I thought he was having like a seizure. <laughs> that's heart trophy candidate shit. 
Right are you talking there. about? Are you talking about the play when he skated he, like, in and then does this? Then he was going up behind the net. Thing? Yeah, he like oh my God. basically skated around, went behind the net, and still gave the perfect pass to Bergeron for a fucking oh, no. shorty. Was no, that it? Oh, that might have been that the one? it. No, I, I was talking about a, a Connor Ryan clip. Um, and he's a Boston Sports Journal writer. He clipped it as Marshan was coming into the zone, and. I don't know what he was doing. He did some kind of conniption and just like, I don't know. It was weird. I'll show you the, I'll send you the clip um, that okay. I saw. And I, I actually, I should have teed it up for this, but yeah, it was just weird that he made this like weird freaking body language. And then all of a sudden just went right around the freaking defenseman. Yeah, Maybe that might be the same one. It is. I, it's the I, same one. But you're also talking about the full play that came around yeah, and yes. then gave it to Bergeron. Yeah. This particular uh, clip that I believe Connor shared only showed him coming into the zone and faking out that defenseman, and that was yeah. it. Yeah, that's so. what I mean. Is it just kind of the whole that whole sequence? Just like Marshawn, like he made them look silly, makes everyone look silly, and that's the kind of shit of why Brad Marshawn should be in consideration for a Hart Trophy candidate. Because as much as we talk about Pasternak being like the, you know, he's the superstar, you know, thing. Brad Marchand is our point. He's our production. I'm not saying like Bergie, obviously they like pace each other. But as for usually, even when we have a, like Marchand shows up every game. He's just, it was beautiful. Uh, another thing that I thought was beautiful. I actually asked the hockey gods for David Crady had a two point night. He had a goal and an assist. Uh you know, remember they said we stop looking for the perfect pass. It didn't need to be a perfect pass because Matt Grizzly just sent it without think, you know, just across and Krejci didn't think twice about it. And that was Krejci. That's doing the Krejci things. I'd also like to comment people. Krejci still puts a lot of offense on the board. I understand it's frustrating. He hasn't scored more, but like, you know, got he didn't get the goal or whatever. It was a power play goal, which yay, because the power play is keeps going in it. I can't believe when I heard like where I think on the sports hub hockey show yesterday about like, I wouldn't think we had a 25% or so power play just the way it's been playing. I mean, maybe it's executing a little more than I'm reminding, but anyways, thank you. David Krejci got his goal. I was very happy for him. Uh, the team. Yeah. Uh, and also Jake DeBrusque finally scored a goal. Yeah, well, he yes. had another one, I think. That's his second goal. But, like, everyone's been on his back, and he scored looking more like Jake DeBrusque. Like, I need him to play a little more like that. And he said he was pissed. You know, I know we're going to talk about DeBrusque a little later as an actual thing, but good. Play pissed. I know you're the goofy little brother, but it's called a switch. When you step on that ice, I need a little more of this big-bodied play, you know. DeBrusque, I like it. And also, just leave him on the left side. I don't, I like him on the left side, leave him there. He's like the right side. So, um, and one more thing that I really do it. Um, they won because they played like they should as a team. That's how you next man up with all these injuries and the rotations and this and that. And Seneshin got his game in. Unfortunately, he's also injured now and won't be playing again, but he looked good. I thought out there for the game. Yeah, he, he was, he, he was really involved. Um, lots of ice time given by that coaching staff on that Bruins bench. Um, and you know, if he was forechecking hard, that line was really, really strong and they were fast. And, and man, I mean, for the folks that don't have enough time or don't want to pony up the seven dollars to, to watch uh, games down in the Providence with the Providence Bruins. 
his speed, his acceleration, and his stick handling are just are just really, really good for a young developing kid. And I know he's been with the organization since since 2015 when he was drafted in the first round. But still, I mean, this is the right thing to do that this Boston Bruins team is doing. They're stewing their younger developing kids, giving them opportunities at the minor pro level, waiting for chances at the higher NHL level for the roster to create some spots by departures. I think that Jake, I mean, um, uh, Zach Sinishin is going to have like a full-time job at the NHL level next year when you consider possibly saying goodbye to Sean Corrali, saying goodbye to uh, Andre Kasha. I don't think that she bring him back. Uh, you know, this might open up him to be on the right side next to a potential Krejci return. Or if you advance Coyle up to the second line center, he could be that right wing that they've been looking for and, and um, you know, see what didn't go from there. So a lot of good things coming from him, but it's unfortunate that he gets up to the NHL and then, and it just gets injured. It's just, it's so tough. So tough. It is. And it sucks because he's making such strides. He's having a great year down in Providence and, you know, just developmentally anything else, you know, this is how good players get lost in the shuffle. Because when the opportunities come and then you end up, you know, no, I mean, he's injured. It's not his thing, but now you, he's got to have to play in Providence again before he even gets his next look. So we're look talking more towards trade deadline playoffs before Zach will probably get his another. I just like that this time before when he was up, it was like, he didn't, necessarily execute his chance the way he wanted to to like get the look but I feel like the other game like this game he did he looked more comfortable he looked more ready to be up on the NHL roster even though he's got all the skills because you know I'm big you've been talking about him for years and years even before he got drafted I'm a big advocate for him to see you know what he can do before we decide what to do with him um and him and everyone else in the 2015 draft just kidding I'm sorry no I know but- that's a that's a polarizing narrative in itself. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah. but when you just real quick about Zach is, is work ethic is, is it's just uncanny. You, you see him down in Providence. I know I can't be down there to, to watch practices and so on, but when you see the videos and you see the pictures from the, uh, the official Providence Bruins Twitter account, the kid's smiling He's having a blast. It doesn't matter where he is. He's just happy to be involved and still being considered as a person of interest for for future placement at the NHL level. So that he's just he's just a, a happy go lucky kid. He doesn't let the 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 draft status or the narrative of that bother him uh, or you know his point production and so on. Everybody on that team it has to make an impact, whether you do it on the score sheet or not. And he's just doing the right things. And he deserved to get that call up because he was playing so well down in Providence. This is actually his best offensive start uh, to a professional year, a minor pro year. So, I mean, this is just good things. It's just another speed bump of injuries. I mean, this the NHL is just taking a hit with the injuries across the board. It's just, yeah. it's just it is what it is. We knew where that was going to happen. And they don't have the 30 other game cushion, you know, on the other side. <laughs> exactly. For- I mean, look at, but I tweeted the other, I retweeted some the other day, like how much more can the Buffalo Sabres fucking fans take? Now they don't even have Jack. I, they have lost five games in a row or whatever it is, eight games in a row. I don't know. I wrote it down. We'll talk about that later in upcoming games. And now Jack Eichel, not only is breaking sticks and about to break some heads because that boy needs out. Now he's injured. Yeah. He's probably on a Tuca like kind of 
sabbatical because he's got to get his head and body in right. Like I'm injured and I need a little mental break from this crazy. So. Well, but this is also a good catalyst for Buffalo fans to see what life is like without Jack. If he ends up getting traded, just saying, I sorry. Want, like, there's only so much that kid can be expected to take before he becomes the, Oh, but even though this and that, yeah. But you also have to think like, don't be the Connor McDavid or the poor Taylor hall of the world. Like I get you stayed there, but you know, I'm, I wouldn't give them much more. And it's sad because, like, you know, I love the Bills and the same owners. They own the um, Sabres. But, like, they don't – Buffalo is such a rabid hockey fan base. Invest some fucking money in your hockey team. And even though they have done that, their management system or whatever it is, figure it out. Clear house, restack it. Because not that they have the best, but they have some good talent. And they have spent a little money, but they are not spending the money much like we do on the right moves. You know what I mean? They're just yep. like, okay, okay, we'll get you Taylor Hall. And then everything else is like a shit show. Well, you could, you know, the Oilers have shown, well, great. You could have McDavid and Drysettle and still suck ass at times. Like you just, you know, like get, they can't get out of their own way. I don't know. They, they confuse me too as a team sometimes, the Oilers. They should be so much better consistently than they actually are, but they just aren't. All right. So that being said, I suppose <clears throat> before... God damn. I mean, we're going to blow through this fast because there's not much to say about this. And the whole goddamn team could have used a, if there was a hockey equivalent for Blue Chew for real, the whole damn team, except for you, Yarrow, I am not mad at you. You got hung out to dry by your whole entire freaking team yesterday. And even if things were your fault, none of that damn shit was your fault. Excuse my language. I don't mean to be mad. Um, no adjectives can describe it. It was like vomit on ice. I don't know. Like that's, that's the politest thing that I can think. I don't so this is really i can't believe we're laughing at this it's like it's so crazy (laughs) yeah where where is it what did so someone had tweeted like you guys are sick that's why i listened to you like i'm like yeah that was it um so this game really can't be described it was horrible we all lived through it we're trying to put it to bed as quick as possible um the power play sucked we had like six power play chances so i don't really like i love crazy score i'm glad it was on a power play you know like giving him you know, give them, yeah, great. You have a good, as a team though. And I know, again, I was stunned to find that our power play statistics were that high because it doesn't look that good. So they must be, but they go, yeah, okay. One for two, this and that, but then they go six, oh, and six, you know, like they don't, yesterday was the time to get chances. There were some like bigger penalties. There was more time spent in the box. There was a little four and five, four and four, like it's a little bit, but like, it doesn't matter if it don't mean it, you know, like this goes back to like, I'm not saying anything about Trent Frederick. Remember we talked about last week, like just kind of generally, you got to know when to know when to be a tough asshole, maybe take a penalty. Yep. You know what? I'm not picking on him. I, I just meant generally as a team, like know when to freaking do something. Cause if not, then you end up with Trent Frederick getting a game of conduct, but you know what I mean? Because that's what shit happens when the team's frustrated and nothing's happening, you know? So like just generally as a team, don't leave your goaltender out to dry don't do like execute when you do get chance because they didn't even have a lot of shots. It was like 24 shots. Everybody got shots. Mostly. I think uh, Zaboral and maybe Coyle didn't, but it doesn't matter if the puck doesn't go in the net. It is no business. If you bitch slap the team two days before only to have them reverse retro your asses back into that's why they didn't wear the greens. They should have wore the greens for St. Patrick's day. They should do that for a game sometime, you know, just, just do it. I don't know why, why they don't. 
And it's only for practices. They go out for their pregame skate with them on and blah, blah, blah. And then they come back out with a regular uniform. Or, or I, yesterday, but they put the uh, reverse retro on. I think that the NHL, you know, they have like Rivalry Wednesday or whatever, the NBC and maybe going forward, East Spin, think about it. Why the frig on Wednesday night? Like it's St. Patrick's Day, right? You associate... Boston, Philly, New York, Chicago, like the big Irish city. And you have those teams play each other. You know what I mean? Like that'd be awesome. That's the action. Like, you know, whatever. It's not like they can air all four games, but just for the fan bases, like that's awesome. Like a St. Patrick's day rivalry freaking night, instead of trying to make me hate the coyotes. Like I give a crap, you know, <laughs> like that's I'd love to see the Chicago Blackhawks freaking green St. Patty's day. Jersey. That'd be yeah. And then you, yeah. Even Detroit on someone, that would be awesome. Chicago. Oh, yeah. And you just wear the opposites. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, and oh, my other note was uh Brendan Lemieux is what a scumbag. A douchebag. And I also wrote Yar is the only player who is not on my shit list, and I could care less if they get traded. No, I'm just kidding. There's a few more than that. We'll talk about that later. But Brendan Lemieux sucks. Like his dad. Oh, what, is, what a shitbag. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we go back to his father and seeing this live. Uh, when he played for the New Jersey Devils, right in front of us at the Bo- uh, Boston Garden, the original Boston Garden, when when Cam Neely just beat the pit, beat the piss bag out of his father, it was just amazing. What an amazing experience that was! But then this kid comes in and just he's he's just, a, and I know every team's going to have their pest and so on. Ours is Marshand and and Frederick Fre- Freddie's coming up there really really fast in that particular category, but. I, I, you know, I don't mind the chippiness. I don't mind the cross checks, the little jabs and this and that. But when a player is in a vulnerable position, when he's going to the bench to like his, to end his shift, and that's when you have to take liberties on somebody when he's when he's turned around and then you shoved him into the door that was open, mm-hmm. and and obviously he got a little stung about it because he had to go to the room. Uh, I'm not sure if that was played up or anything like that. I don't really want to get into, you know, faking or anything like that. But, you know, you st- you don't do that. If you're going to be a tough guy, Brandon Lemieux, do it face-to-face. Don't be such a puss and do it from behind. It's just, a, I don't know. That's don't the know. thing is that at least his father sometimes would engage you. I mean, he was a little bitching with Turtle. But, like, this guy's like, uh, like he, I don't want to say more or less dirty. Uh, the Lemieux doesn't far fall from the tree. All right. There you go. Like, well said. Like, yeah. Like, I feel bad sometimes, you know, like, because Claude Giroux, and then you think of Philly, you know what I mean? So sometimes they say Claude Lemieux, and then I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad. Why would I ever associate you with this one of the people I, it's not, you know, you hate players as rivals, but there's that dude I just couldn't stand then. I, he might be a solid dude off the ice, but as for on ice, like I saw too much, like, and his son looks just like that, but his son is a very talented player. So like, quit your shit, dude. Like you're not playing in the same era as your father played. You're playing in an era where one of these times you're going to get your ass fucking buckled. Like, I'm sorry. And I, as a matter of fact, yesterday, the Bruins should have buckled him. Like it, yeah. it's for nothing, dude, do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do something. And that, that was what bothered me so damn bad. Okay. Okay. We got to do the blue chew ad though. Okay. Blue Chew, like I said, I wish there was a magical hockey Blue Chew for their sticks. But let's imagine for the rest of us that are normal people, you're having your little one-on-one in the bedroom, and just like yesterday's game, nothing seems to be going right quite the way you want. Your confidence is down. Your performance level's down. But if that happens to you in the bedroom, 
we can maybe help fix that. Let me tell you about Blue Chew. As always, thank you, Blue Chew, for supporting us. I'm going to tell you about them. They are the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them on an empty stomach anytime, day or night, whenever you're ready to take them. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you never have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than the pharmacy, and they ship it to you in discreet packaging, so there's no awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house, which is great because, you know, it's never gets easy when you're dealing with things. You're just as embarrassed sometimes in, you, you know, about things as you were when you were a teenager on these uh, discussions when it comes to the relations, if you know what I mean. But anyways, good news is, is that you, t- that Blue Chew, and you should know this, is a fast and easy way to help your confidence and your performance in the bedroom. So what you need to do is go to bluechew.com, blue like the color, put in black and gold, black and gold, and you're going to get your shipment for free. You just pay $5 for shipping and handling, which is great. So bluechew.com, black and gold as the promo code. And maybe next time you're trying to finish your 101, we can get back to Sellies and not like a hot mess. Okay. Thank you. That's what I have today. I'm sorry. I'm just too mad to make up something witty and cool. That's all I got today. Okay. That's all I've got because I'm so depressed. I wish my team as a hockey team, like I said, maybe Blue Chew could develop something to cure whatever the, that happened. I just, <laughs> all right. Thank you, Blue Chew, as yep. always. Thank you very much, Blue Chew. We certainly enjoy having these guys uh, partnering with us and we continue to do so. And with those ad reads, Heather, I'm sure that they'll sign another contract uh, so over and over it. again. So, all right. So, um, we might as well we'll still stay on to this topic. I mean, the the. I mean, it sucks. I hate when the Bruins lose. Oh my God, it's snowing out. I see. Right, I can't see. Yeah, it's it's a little oh. bit of uh, flurries, but um, snow. I love snow. <laughs> I do want to talk about what what Bruce Cassidy said after in his presser, and uh, this is from uh, courtesy of uh, the Bruins official Twitter account. This is a screen share, so uh, let's listen to what Bruce had to say here, uh, and he mentions response and and uh, accountability. So here we go. So that's exactly what he said, and totally have to agree. The response has been. Some of these games against these the, the, the Rangers and the Islanders and the and the Devils, these are just it's not just one team anymore. Now it's becoming three in this new uh, mass mutual division uh, that are just completely hampering us to gain any access to more points that we need because now with all of these losses like this to these particular teams, we're not in the top echelon of the mass mutual division anymore. We're now in the middle. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're in a playoff spot. Yes. But you're going to play there one. Yeah. You're going to be playing these teams that are under 500 like Buffalo soon. What are you going to expect from them? Um, you know, looking at the, at the standings right now, you know, Pittsburgh's coming up. They're they're, you know, high up and so on. But you you just have to come out. You have to make a statement in these games moving forward. You cannot lay eggs against teams that you should be beating. Mm-hmm. That's all I yeah. got. No, that's fine. All right. Well, that being said, after a lovely week being a Bruins fan, let's give out our suds and duds, shall we? Sure thing. Do would you like Why to start you go- this week? 
You're the lady. You're the lady. Go ahead. All right. Well, my stud of the week is Yaroslav Halak because Yaroslav is coming above and beyond. Has he been perfect? Absolutely not. But this dude, like I said, now we're going to have two goaltenders with back injuries because it's concerning. We're going to talk about this in a few minutes, right? Tuka at first, it was like, eh, you know, Yarrow is going to start anyways. Now we've seen Yarrow a few games in a row now. Don't, I'm, we'll talk again about the goaltender, but Yarrow has been on point. He has looked good. Like that Islanders game, it wasn't his fault they lost that game. It wasn't his fault they lost to New Jersey. That's from one person not being able to just bury one of their shots. And everybody's fault we they lost yesterday except for Yarrow and team effort. Yay, we played normal on Thursday, so there's nothing to say about that. So he's my stud, Yaroslav Halak. Thank you. You are beast. Um it's really hard to pick a dud because there's many, many duds that happen this week. It's it's, it's like hard. Could, it's, it's like you could sh- juggle. Mm, yeah. Like here's the lottery. Let's put it on your spinner, like you know, with the thing. Um I think I'm gonna have to give it to Sean Corrali, though. Oh my god, you hit both of mine. I need him. I like Sean Corrali, but do you know who I'm missing when they're not in my lineup right now? Not Sean Corrali. I miss Jakub Nordstrom and having a little bit more of that grit. Like that's I don't. I'm not saying I want Sean Corrali to go away, but if we gotta put him somewhere to get, you know, like the play is unacceptable. I think that generally, I mean, you can make that argument with, you know, last week I had to give it to the boy Wagner, you know, um, he at least has done good things. Corrali has been nearly invisible all season long and he had a long season last year. So this year, even this week, even though I really wanted to give it to the Bruins power play again, because I'm underwhelmed uh, with that. Um, I'm going to have to give it to Sean Corrali, not because I wish him ill will. I wish that he would pick up his stuff and be the Sean Corrali I know he can be, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I have both. Um, Got to give my stud to uh, Yarrow because he just, I mean, even though there were times he didn't look good, I, I want to blame a lot of that on the support or lack thereof of his defensemen you know, or any support from the forwards coming back to help out. I mean, left the guy, everybody in front of him, left him out to dry. So he gives my stud of the week. And Corrali, I'm I'm on board with that. I'm still not seeing a response or any like I like you said, he's a he is a good player. We've seen how good he can be, but for some unknown reason, the past two seasons now, you're just seeing a tailspin. And this is not a good time to be doing this when you're trying to audition for uh, future. Uh, service with this Boston Bruins organization. And um, this is one of the reasons why I don't see him returning because of those two years and what we could see in the future and the past trend of, um, you know, the Boston Bruins moving on from players like this that are going to be asking probably in the high twos, the $3 million ranges, and they departed quickly because they don't want to pay those guys. You can plug and play those guys from Providence. You know, remember the Acharis and the Shallers and so on? Those players are a dime a dozen. And so is Sean Corrali. So if, if he really wants to stay here or or if he doesn't want to be involved in any trade activity that could be happening within a month, he's got to really step it up. And, and you know, you, you have to bring not just that north and south type of game. You also have to bring that two-way style that, that really builds and builds character on this for Boston Bruins team 
from the from the lines above. If you can't see how hard Patrice Bergeron's working or 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 David Krejci when he's healthy and feed off of that, then I don't know what I don't know what. Let's get a younger kid in here that makes about the same amount of money or could make the same amount of money and just plug and play him. Yeah. I was going to say, in Nolachari's defense, he has had two great seasons playing with Florida. Like, he's offensively on his offense. So, he was more of just – I mean, he's an older player too, though. He's got a yeah, lot but- of experience. He's not like one of the young kids. But what I was going to say to you is with Corrali, Corrali's got to shit or get off the pot because if not, that's Jack Sednika's center position next year. Yeah. Because they're already paying him less than what they're paying you. And now he's got a little more experience. And next year is going to probably continue this. We're not rebuilding what we really are segment of being a Bruins fan. But I thought it was interesting when Bruce Cassidy said it's atypical. And I would agree. It's atypical for this team, no matter who. I mean, we've had a rotating cast of characters always. It's just we always have, you know, injuries or whatever. So there's always a rotating cast between Providence and Boston. It's not abnormal. Um, as a matter of fact, they usually have enough chemistry. It doesn't really make that big of a change. You know, I mean, obviously when you have a big name player out, it does, but meaning like it's not as ugly as it could be. If you just have a kid, you're pulling up from your farm system that has no games at all or whatever, or even just has spent a lot of time at camp and stuff and around the big club. It is atypical. And that's something in the room. I think at this point, whatever Cassidy and them are saying, sound like to the players for whatever reason, right? And whatever Bergeron and whoever is saying in the room, it sounds like. I love when you do that. (laughs) And then when they're not on Twitter listening to media, this and that, they're all like, oh, my God, because they know Boston sports media, the Boston Bruins fan base. But the biggest thing is, and we're going to talk about this in a little, they have to be hearing that pretty soon Don Sweeney and Cam Neely are going to walk in that room. And it's going to mean something. Trade deadline. No shit is in one month from yesterday. Shit or get off the pot because Sweeney's job is on the line and Neely's job is on the line. And these two guys are lifelong Bruins. You know what I mean? Like yep. I had said to Don Sweeney once I happened to meet him, he was at the school I worked at. And I had said, I think that he, and we talk about this. I think he, he, his thing is to be up there as a builder, maybe not his number going up as a player, but as a builder, he'll end up there. But right now that is, that plan has been derailed more significantly on some levels, not as bad as we might've anticipated, but definitely the plan has been derailed on more levels than they thought it would be this year. So the next month is going to be interested. If we make a move, I'm not kidding. I am willing to give up some stuff. Nothing. I'm not giving up the top line, not giving up David Krejci, not giving up my goaltenders. And I sure as hell, I'm not giving up Grizz and McElvoy for something. But if you can, we have some money we can spend. If you can frigging get Kyle Palmieri now, because Jersey's a dumpster fire in general. You know what I mean? Like just generally, they have to go. If you can snag him, I want Krejci to have him for a winger, okay? And he would be good. He, I know this is, anybody who's been listening, this is Mark and I both have the agreement. I'm not being a jerk, but like free agency is going to be a nightmare. Cap is steady. So all these players are not going to get the money they necessarily would be getting. We might have the money. You go. So what? Maybe we do have to go. Okay. I'm sorry. I love you, Jake DeBrus, but you got to go or Jack Stigney or something little not giving up top. end. like, if that's the difference between giving up more top end picks at the draft, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm sick of picking in the last rounds. Not that they haven't done a good job of finding people, but just still, you want to at least get that one stud pick, you know what I mean? And, we won't think so that's just me like i feel like 
get that kind of stuff done now, maybe. And I think that's the tone and everybody needs to get the clue because short of the um, people whose numbers are going to be up in the rafter, potentially everyone else is not safe right now. They're not. And they need to know that. That's right. That's that. Okay. Well, what do we got? We still got a little bit of time before break. So I think the next thing is you're down in the system updates on uh, what's happening. Yeah, why not? Do it. Why I think not? that's what's next anyway is my thing went to sleep. So I can't remember, but I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So this is the, the down in the system where I take a look at um, some prospects and what's happening in the minor pro levels of the Boston Bruins organization. Um, and so it's, it's, it's going to be very heavy Providence Bruins and they, they just have been a, a wagon this year, folks. Get AHL TV. Spend the money. I'm telling you, it's so worth it to watch this team. And I know it's so boring. I know it's boring for the folks that are that do have it and they're saying, I'm so sick and tired of watching Bridgeport. I'm so sick and tired of watching Hartford. We get it. We understand. But this is a developmental thing right now, folks. All right. This is all about them skating, getting their reps and, and making themselves look good while you're still auditioning for certain roles in the future of this organization. But they have played 12 games and they're nine, two and one. They have 19 points, 19 points. Hartford has six points and it's three, five and one. There's a huge gap right here. Huge gap. And they've been playing well. They're 5-0-1. So there's a nice little streak going on right there. They 8-1-1 in their last 10. And and like I said, they've been doing really good. What I really love about this team is 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 the structure in front for the forwards. It's it's good. They're really offensive. There's a lot of guys on paper that you look and just say, geez, I've never really heard of them. Well, these this is why the Boston Bruins scouting staff and the Providence Bruins scouting staff is so huge into getting these um, these plug plug and plays for sustainability and so on. But for me, it's the goaltending. The goaltending has been absolutely outstanding this year, and it's led by Jeremy Swayman, a former University of Maine Black Bear goaltender. Um, he is 7-0-0 in his first seven games. He's got a 1.57 goals against average, and he's got a 9.42 save percentage. When Dan Vladar – it's sick. It's sick. When Dan Vladar is down there and he's playing because he's up for right now, we'll talk about that later, he's got uh, a 2-2-1 two, two record. The numbers don't look so good with Dan, but it's not about the uh, win-losses in my opinion. For me, it's the 2.01 goals against average. That went up a little higher uh, in the past week, but his, uh, his save percentage is up to 9.23. So this is like the best tandem, in my opinion, in the American Hockey League right now. So you can see the systems and how they play. Uh, you can see the NHL level having really good 1A, 1B tandem with Harask and Alak. You can see that in the de 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 developmental <laughs> stages of the uh, of, of hockey operations too at, in Providence. So this is good to see, but let's not rush it. These numbers are really good. These are not NHL numbers quite yet. I know a lot of folks that uh, the shiny new toy folks out there, uh, they see uh, the stats on AHL.com. Uh, and immediately, we need to get this guy in. Uh, Rask is trash. Let's get the, let's play the, uh, the the young the young kids that are coming up. Get them in now. Let's get used to them. Blah blah blah. Not a good idea. Um, just for the pure fact that it's a twenty six game season. It's condensed. We don't know if there's if it's going to be playoffs. 
let's get a full 76 game season under their belt then evaluate where you go. If you want to retain Rask for more term, you want to retain Halak for more term, that's fine. But if you actually believe in those guys down in the system, give it a full year and then bring them right in for low cap hits. You can address defensive and forward needs with the money that you'd probably be paying Rask and Halak. So it's kind of a win-win in the future. You know what I'm saying? But um, the let's go to some... Updates on the stats. Cameron Hughes is now in the lead uh, for points. He's got four goals, eight assists, 12 points in 12 games. Jakob Lauko, who's been playing really good lately, he's got four goals, six assists, 10 points in 11 games. Paul Carey, he's a, an assist monster. He's got 10 assists in 12 games. Zach Seneshin, when healthy and playing, he's got five Goals, four assists, nine points in 11 games. Samuel Asleen, to round out the top five, uh, has four goals, five assists, nine points in 12 games. And um, uh, another shout-out to the, uh, the tandem, defensive tandem of Brady Lyle and Jack Ashan. Those guys have been promoted, uh, started most of the year. The 2021 calendar year, 26-game schedule year, um, as their third uh, pairing defenseman. And uh, they've been the best defenseman on the team. And they've gotten promoted to the second-line defenseman. And with injuries and call-ups, they've kind of been broken up now. But they're getting more trust and so on. And like, Jack Ashan is a 5'8 bulldog that plays just a 6'8 man's game. He's just amazing to watch. Lyle, Lyle is just a sneaky good freaking uh, uh player that the the scouts picked up on i mean he's going to be a overage free agent um from the ontario hockey league and man he stepped right into pro hockey like a man and 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 took it right on the chin and he's freaking doing it really good so um the providence bruins get back to work let me get the schedule up here uh tomorrow uh at the new england sports center and that is in Marlborough, Massachusetts, and they're playing the Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, at 1 p.m. That's March 15th. Then they play Saturday, March 20th at 1 p.m. in Hartford, and Thursday, March 25th at New England Sports Center, and to round off the month, they play at Bridgeport on Wednesday, March 31st, and that's a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game. So that is it for the... um, the prospects. Uh, um, I do want to mention that Je- uh, not Jeremy Swayman, uh, Kyle Kaiser has been uh, recalled uh, from the Jacksonville Iceman of the East Coast Hockey League, uh, and that is, uh, uh, I guess, the Bruins affiliate. Still, no official word yet uh, what's going on with the affiliation, but uh, he's been recalled to Providence. I'm not sure if he's going to get any time, or there might be so much downtime that he's just going to get the recall. It might be a paper transaction. Who knows? But uh, Kyle's been playing pretty good. Not great. But it is the East Coast Hockey League, which is not going to be the best of hockey. But what it does is it gives a uh, goaltender like Kyle and the only prospect that is actually down in the uh, in the coast an opportunity to see a lot of pucks, see a lot of action. And, and I've seen uh, probably a half a dozen of his games this year. And it's hit and miss. But he's been playing good. Uh, really trying to get back on track to a, a year previous that just was riddled with injuries and concussions and so on. It's just it's been real hard for this kid, but he's he seems like he's battling back really tough and and wants to be um, 
wants to be involved. And I think that once he gets to the American Hockey League level, because he's still under an entry-level contract, once he gets back to the American Hockey League level, I think that the confidence will come with the with the more support he gets in front of him because the league is such a – it's so different from the East to the uh, to the A. So uh, good things for Jeremy to come up, uh, good experience. We'll keep him in the fold, and we'll definitely keep an eye on him uh, in the um, – in the midst of um, of how these these goaltenders and the developmental systems are going to work, and how they're going to be inserted into the NHL and blah blah blah. So, uh, hopefully, that was uh, an informative discussion on on the Providence Bruins and some prospects. Um, I do want to say Mason Lorai has been playing very well. Uh, so is Jake Smaltz and so on. But uh, we can. I'll definitely try to get a little more involved in somebody and getting some more information about uh, some some uh, players in other leagues too that happen to be Bruins property. But that is down in the system with um, me. <laughs> okay. Well, I would like to say, um, as the keeper of the hashtag BNG reminders of everyone, um, feel free to send Mark any questions you have about Providence too. Yeah, You know, if you yeah. have a question, you know, given like right now, we're going to talk about it this week about goaltending in a little bit, probably after the break, we're kind of getting close to break. We'll talk for a few more minutes before then. Um, but feel free, like it's all in, like I'm, I won't be able to answer it, but if you have a question for Mark, you think yeah. of, and you haven't asked him on Twitter or Facebook or something, feel free to send it in as a hashtag ask BNG, any Bruins related topic. If you want to ask what kind of pastry you think Bruce Cassidy's fit. No, I'm just kidding. Don't ask that Mark. Well, He'll think it's funny at first, but then he'll be annoyed if you send silly questions like no, that. Well, no, no, it's, it's a food reference, and I love food. Yeah. And oh, I, I think he's a cheese Danish guy because I like yeah. cheese Danish. You, think, you like cheese Danish? Oh, my God. Oh, raspberry Danish. Do you remember high – yeah. Well, listen, do you remember, you remember high school? Yeah. Remember the breakfast in the mornings? Yep. They'd have the Danish that was like this round. But the circle in the middle was the cheese and the raspberry, mm-hmm. and then the pastry was like drizzled with freaking icing. Oh, I would literally buy like eight of those and not like I would forfeit my afternoon lunch just to get a ton of those. Yeah, I was True a sugar story. kid. True story in school for for food. Like now that you brought it up, every day apple cinnamon bagel, and I continued that tradition at sit state because there was an awesome bagel shop by North campus. Cause I was a history kid Sullivan building right there on the corner of Lafayette and Loring Loring. Um, but I ate that every day and every single day, five days a week for like four years of high school, I went around asking, Hey, do you have a quarter? Do you have a dime? Cause back then we still had pay phones. You know what I mean? Until <laughs> I had enough to buy a chip, sandwich supporter of the uh, Boston pride and an apple juice from the vending machine, the Minute Maid vending machine. Oh my god! Every day, I collected a dollar fifty for my snacks. I like my sugar too. I need a chipwich in the middle of the day for a pickup to get me through. <laughs> so, um, wow. yeah, bring so, it, bring yeah. it back twenty five freaking years, almost thirty oh, years. Shit. I really could just see myself staring at how do I get twenty five more cents to get that apple juice? Yeah, <laughs> apple juice and <laughs> apple juice and chipwiches. That is a lunch of champs. Right there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're just about, I mean, it's a couple minutes shy, but we're about the hour mark. Did you want to maybe take our break and then we'll get into Jake? We, we will. We will take a break now and, and we'll hear from Bruce Sullivan from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He does fantastic work um, getting all of these um, 
signatures from, and he does private signings. He had Phil Esposito not too long ago. He had Brad Park. He's had Jerry Chivas. He's had so many great former Bruins and current Bruins uh, at these private signings. And, and, and he sells the jerseys for really inexpensive prices. And it's so inexpensive that I have the opportunity to buy a bunch of them like this one that we're going to be giving away today. This is a Terry O'Reilly jersey. Fully authentic. Uh, yeah, I can't do it. Authenticated. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's got all everything that you need right here. I mean, I have pictures of him sitting down and signing these jerseys. It's all official, all legal beagle. But let's hear from Bruce and see what he has in his inventory for Bruins related items. So uh, we'll be right back shortly after we hear from Bruce of the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. We'll be right back. Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. Hall of Famers Month continues and we are showcasing photos, jerseys, pucks and more from the greatest players of all time. First up, two-time cup champ and Hall of Famer Phil Esposito from our March 5th Private signing. Score a white style or gold style jersey for just $149 delivered. An autographed inscribed puck for just $65. An iconic 11 by 14 autographed frame photo display for just $79. Or a 15 by 20 autographed special edition photo for just $119. How about Hall of Fame legend Brad Park puck for just $35? 11 by 14 autograph photo display for 59 and a 15 by 20 special edition for just 89 or take home the greatest of all time hockey god bobby Orr, 15 by 20 deluxe rookie special edition for just 189 or the deluxe gnr authenticated jersey for just 329 for more information on our dozens of bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week Check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Uh, we just heard from Bruce Sullivan, the owner of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He does a fantastic job. Please follow the Facebook page um, and uh, get in touch with him there if you want to buy any hand-signed memorabilia, or you can send him an email um, and uh, that he provided and talk to him directly. So, but we thank Bruce Sullivan for coming on, staying with us every week. He does a fantastic job providing video and audio for us to put in as our mid, uh, mid show commercial. So with that being said, we are back for our second half of our program and we're back onto the uh, agenda uh, show agenda that we try to fill every week. And we normally do. We, We've been doing really good with getting news and the important stuff that we want to talk about and and what uh, folks want to listen to and see on the YouTube uh, video feed. So let's well, go in. Fun. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk a bit about Jake Zabrask, um, the debacle that he's going through right now, the struggles, the benching, the COVID-19 protocol and the 
increased trade rumors. Um, it where was, to start? I know where to start with Jake. He's such a good kid too. He does work hard, but it's just not. It's it's not going in line as as one would say. Um, but I don't know what's going on. I mean, his body language and his and his press conferences was way off to me. He just looked like he was really frustrated with everything that's going on and taking it personally. I I really like players like that, but I don't want a player that's so aggressive on on feeding into their own struggles because it that's just something that you can't you can't kick easily. Look what Charlie Coyle did at, when he was playing in in Minnesota. I mean, he went through stretches and stretches of games um, pointless, and and he was known to struggle and 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 not be good with himself about those struggles. He was taking it very hard on him, as as some trainers would say um, in previous experiences with you know having him around. That he just you know he's a very passionate person. He wants to do what's best, but that also that drive. And that that motto can can physically bring you down too. And I think this is what's going on with Jake DeBrusk right now. It's just, you know, he gets benched, comes back and responds. But like you said earlier, we need Jake to have more consistency when he when he does this. If he gets benched again, you need to come out and just string a freaking six game streak together. Get an assist. Like, let's get something rolling here. You know, the monkey might be off his back, but it's 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 like one of those flying squirrel monkeys. You know what I mean? It's like we know you're scoring. I mean, we can see you put the puck in the net, but as soon as you get in struggle, we're gonna jump on you. We're gonna spite a bite you, spider monkey bite you, whatever. You know what I mean? And just attack you. And not like a good way. No, no. It's like, this is what you feel when you're struggling and so on. And this is not a good analogy for myself. I will admit that. I'm just trying to go everywhere about this, but but still, it's just... You got everyone's attention, though. Yeah. <laughs> starting to space out, you're like, spider monkey. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but uh, no, it's just tough to see see him struggle because you you know when he's mic'd up he talks to himself he's just like come on you know come on slick you gotta be better you gotta do this you know and he's 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 all about talking on the bench you getting everybody going and so on but it's just gotta get going for himself um it's tough to see it just almost almost feels like he doesn't want to be here and i don't want to go into that narrative but it just sparks up different ideas of what's going on and with a month uh, less than a month ago to trade the trade deadline it's just those are factors that are all feeding into anything could happen see i i think it's the opposite i think he likes being here so much and he understands that even though he was kind of put into the lineup maybe even before he should have been right for the first he's been there four years we have to remember as much as we want to and I get you're only going to give so much patience. He's had a lot of time. He's been upright. So hear me out why I'm saying this before anyone starts like, I know, I know crazy Inga and know, you know, my takes or whatever, but he's also been asked to do a lot of shit that he probably wasn't ready to be asked to do. And he gets mixed messages a lot. So I guess from the club standpoint, this kid gets a little bit of mixed messages. I'm not saying about the expectations. We obviously expect what we expect from him, but they also readily move him, you know, like you, 
you want him to be the left wing and you make him play the left wing, even though I think he wasn't he originally a right wing and they made him a left wing. But now after four years, you're asking him every now and then to play the right side. You trust him to play on the top line as necessary, you know, so it, you mean that leads you to believe the organization likes him. But I think the problem is, is that like he is a young kid and I think his teammates like him. And he loves being a Boston Bruin. He understands, you know, maybe because his dad. So he's got kind of the background knowing the history and like what comes with like being a National Hockey League player and really, you know, sees that firsthand. And I sometimes wonder if it kind of like we talked about with Charlie McAvoy. You know, McAvoy seems to have shaken it, but remember we talk about, he gets in his own head. It's like he can do the things he's trying to do, but because he's trying to do those things so much, it isn't. So you watch him on um, Sunday, right? And you're not mad that his ass got benched, right? Even though maybe him not being benched that day was the day he might've got the goal on Tuesday and maybe we would have won versus the Islanders, okay? But you can't play if and when. Deserve to get benched, yeah. If anything, sometimes it's not even to punish a player. It's just to get the player to not have to worry about being the player that day, mm-hmm. take a breath, sit up top. You can fill in for now. Um, but I think that's a lot of it. I don't think Jake DeBrusque is ever going to be this 30 goal scorer, but I also think that Jake DeBrusque doesn't get the credit where it's deserved on the fact that he has for four years, good, bad, or ugly tried his ass off to do everything he can to be a good member of this team and do whatever. So I think in his, maybe he needs something. It's more in his head than his execution because you saw he got benched. He comes back Thursday. He looks like the Jake DeBrus that everyone wants him to be and that he can be. And then unfortunately he had to go on the COVID list. So we don't know. He could have had a good game. Yeah. You know, maybe Jake DeBrus being on the ice might've changed the dynamics a little bit. Probably not. It was a shit show. He probably just would have been in the mix and the trade rumors would have been like, I think it's funny people like now he's in the trade rumors. Are you kidding me? He's the only toy we've had to ru- him and Brandon Carlo are the only things we have been dangling at people for like two years. Like everyone always talks about him being trade right now. is not good. His trade value sucks, but um, I don't know. I hope he figures it out. I just generally, because he can be, he can consistently be that player we saw on Thursday, but he's just not that consistent player. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if he'll be on the trade block right now, but you bet your ass he can be in discussions this summer if something doesn't going to give. Because right now you can bench if you need to move, you know what I mean, move him down a line, whatever. But I do truly think he can really deserve that second line right left wing spot. I really do. Uh, and I think he likes Krejci and I think Krejci likes him. I think there's just something. Sometimes they're clicking, sometimes they're not. I don't think DeBrusque hurts having Krejci. I just feel like maybe he's not getting the lessons maybe that, or after this time, he can't quite figure out how to give Krejci what he needs to execute. But when they do, look what happens. You know what I mean? Good things happen. So I don't know. I hope it works out because I don't want to lose Jake DeBrusque. If we have to, we have to, and he'll have deserved it. But yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a tough situation. You you have to give something to get something, um, and in situations like this, it's you know it is going to spark trade rumors and so on. And I think that if Jake continues this this roller coaster of a season, and, and like I, I always say that making a trade with at least one year under a contract belt is is good for both parties. You're not rushed into anything. You can, you, you have uh, negotiation time, you know, a little bit extra time to, to work with the player and so on, which is obviously a value. But I was watching top shelf hockey 
and we'll go into the trade rumors uh, and and to end this um this topic right here. Uh, Top Shelf Hockey does a great job on YouTube. I follow him and watch his videos every day. He's such a good guy. And he mentions that there is uh this this stuff floating around that the Bruins and and um uh, Nashville Predators are, are starting to heat up talks again, and that's for uh. Matthias Ekholm, the defenseman, left shooting defenseman, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, obviously, I mean, David Poyle is going to be, um, you know, he's going to be looking to address needs on his team too. He pretty much, they pretty much said that the Nashville Predators are open uh, to a yard sale, except for three players. Um, but if you look at uh, Ekholm's contract, he's got three point seven on the books. He's got one more full season to go, which is good. Obviously, like I like I talked about, and he's a UFA at, uh, for 22-23. So what Top Shelf Hockey was talking about on his program, I, th- I think it was yesterday, that DeBrusque, um John Beecher, which I'm not thrilled about, but I get it, and, and a first round. I'm not thrilled about, but I'll explain. I know you said something about it. So... DeBrusque, Beecher, and a first rounder for Ekholm uh, intrigues me a little bit. Now, the first round thing is is, is anybody that's uh, listened to this program for a long period of time knows I'm a prospect guy. I'm I hold draft picks like they're my my baby. You know, this year different scenario. When you listen into like uh, Thirty One Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and and and, um, and Elliot Friedman, they're constantly talking about scouts not being able to be in-house to watch any of these guys and evaluate talent. And it, it's really putting a, a stranglehold on the draft and how to do it effectively this year when you're not able to get your guys there. And a lot of states, a lot of provinces, a lot of teams are hiring within them because they have the reach because certain organizational scouts can't cross borders, can't go here, can't go there. So it's a real shit show when it comes down to the whole draft and and how that's going to happen. So right now, to me, I'm not sure if that first round pick would be as good as it's stated to be on an unfamiliar year compared to a regular year when you have eyes in the stands and constantly around players and watching them getting character and so on. Scouting should not be done from video. In my opinion, video breakdown, yes. Game watching games, you got to be in the house. You got to see what's going on away from the camera. What's that player doing on the bench? What's this guy doing to his coaches? How is he treating his um, his uh, equipment staff? You know, you want to see stuff like that when you're scouting. And I, I don't know. I just I think that this year I would be more apt to give away a first round pick in a trade like that. I'm not thrilled about the Beecher thing, though. I like Johnny. I, I like his size. I love his attitude, work ethic, the way he's working with Mel Pearson. We're hearing he could be signed to an entry-level deal soon. Who knows? The source is very spotty, very spotty. I'm not even going to mention that source because he's a not a good friend of mine. But anyway. Um, okay. um, yeah. Can we unwrap this a little bit? One, yes, Ekholm would be a great acquisition, right? Is what I say at home? Is that what I said? Yep, I'm like, who am I? I'm like, I, now I'm like, oh, we be-. no, I'm thinking, oh shit, am I thinking of the guy in Arizona that we went through? That's 
Ekblom or something. I don't remember. They all have the same last name. Um, I don't want to give up the first round pick. Even if it's not the same kind of first round you'd normally have, let's face it. The players that are probably going in the top 30 picks, we already know who those are. A draft before. So like when we drafted this year, they already knew the kids that's probably coming out short of injury or something major, right? You might jossie a little bit. It's still going to be better on risk than having to always be stuck with five, six, you know what I mean? Two, six round picks and whatever. It's got to be better than that for at least one pick. John Beach is a hard sell on me right now to want to give up this early. But at the same time, we need help on defense. The forwards are still refusing to help out on that thing on most games, right? Luckily, the D has not. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries, so that sucked. But, like, you know, the young kids have played better than we thought. You know what I mean? Like, they seem to be holding up pretty good uh, on that end. But as a team, we suck defensively. So it would be nice to have maybe a veteran on the back end help on that end. But also just, you know, sometimes just getting a different charge. Um the draft seems to be going on. I know there was they were going to maybe consider moving it and drafting both, but according to Batman and Daly, when they gave their, we'll get to it, the ESPN thing, one of the things they all said is like, it doesn't seem like we're pretty sure we're just leaving the draft as scheduled on the schedule, which, I mean, here, there, and everywhere, whatever. So maybe the people aren't exactly drafted, but let's be honest. In the long run, your draft, where you get drafted is not really a big deal. And nowadays, a lot of people get signed without being drafted. They're, I mean, if they're airing um, what's going on in the building for my kids' might game in Valley League Hockey on Live Barn, surely there's got to be a way to get a... I, I agree with you. You can't really get a, as much good feedback watching them with the staff and those kind of off-ice things. But you certainly can get enough footage probably of people in their recording that you could get like real game you know, like, just like you might get if you watching the playback um, for a little bit of that. But it's just a hard year. You have to get through it. What's what's yeah. the option? We have a fucking backup next year where there's 800,052 freaking players from around the world trying to vie for 300 spots or whatever. No, I, yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. It's just, uh, it's, it's uh, so tough to do it because you, you, you don't, in my opinion, you don't really, you're not going to know what you're actually going to get. It's, it's, it's just a very weird year, weird time. So I, I feel know. that way in general with draft picks, though. Like, I, I think it's fun well, to see who my, who's the future, you know, and looking to see who are going to what we think will be the superstar at that moment when they're at the podium. Right. These are who the future superstars are. These are your middling guys that are going to have a good 10 year long career, maybe a right. team or two. But like the backbone kind of player that isn't your flashy superstar, but the dude you want on your end all the time. Um on your side all the time, but I don't know. I feel like it'd be more risky with the higher draft pick. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. the lower draft picks to, for potential of even if it's ugly and in the beginning, not so much. Cause you also have to think a lot of these kids have also lost a year of real training that they would have been having as their exactly. draft year. So that needs to be considered too. And maybe yeah. for this class, we're just going to have to cut them a break. Maybe they're going to need, not six years, but you know, six and a half or some, maybe they might surprise you because they've had to, you, maybe they're hungrier. Maybe they're more willing to do what they need to do too. So yeah. I don't know, but I'm willing, I'm trades are always painful, but I'll just hold the way I always do. 
This team needs something and something's got to go, whether that's money we're paying out, whether that's draft picks we're paying out, whether it's prospects that you want to hoard forever and other people might that are good and not like you don't want to get rid of them. But they right now, I mean, Jake DeBrusque isn't any more shiny than Anders Bjork or, you know, Jack Stanika. I mean, if we're going to be honest, numbers wise, and you're looking at it, it's not that much that's separating this dude with the only difference is DeBrusque has the NHL experience, right? Yeah. But it doesn't really matter if on paper you're looking like the same damn player as some of these people who we might not want to part with. But like if that will be more enticing, because I don't think we have to blow the farm up, but we do need to make some kind of blockbuster move to shake something up. Because even if we can hold on to that middle, like we're fourth, right? We've got who is it? The Islanders are on top, I think, then Washington and Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah. And then us. It's close, but if we don't find something soon, like it's the trade deadline might be too late if we can't fix it internally a little bit now, but the long and the short is we don't have what it has to fix it internally. And we all have to be realistic about that. Not because we don't like players, not because we're, hey, you know, yes, obviously we're Bruins fans. So we're going to be angry. People are going to be pissed at Jake DeBras. They should be. He's played like to be pissed at him. But for me personally, it's not about. It's not about liking or not liking a player. It's about at this point, if you're not someone who's truly in general producing on this team, your head should be on the chopping block so we can get someone who will. And then hopefully it not turn out like all our other trades. Just say. Good point. That's all I say. Let's blast through these we'll uh, rest of the topics. We have a lot of Aspie and G's, probably our most ever. It's been a long week. That's why. So, um, let's talk let's, goaltending. So real quick is is all right with, with what's going on with Tuka Rask right now and his injury, uh, is it smart to ride Halak a little longer and possibly get Vladar in a game to have a comfort zone with Tuka Rask and his health and and mental and physical preparedness for a hopeful p- p- postseason? As it looks right now, we're in. Okay. I think we're at our our, our um, Thanksgiving right now. Okay, we're in. So, or is Tuca so valuable and so good that we need him in here as soon as possible, even though he might not be 100% and take that risk? I ask you, Miss Heather. Mm, I say ride Halak. I know it's a debate because Swayman's been playing hot, but I think Dan Vladar should be the one that backs up Halak for now. Hopefully this isn't too long, right? But I think Dan Vladar deserves a chance against Buffalo to like not be thrown in against, I don't know, Tampa Bay or whoever, just randomly, or what was that with Carolina? I can't remember, but you know. No, like, it was, hey, man, um, he has a contract. Next- it was Malcolm <laughs> like, Subban. They threw him in against St. Louis. No, I meant last year in the playoffs. Remember Dan oh, Vladar? Oh, yeah, hey, that- he has a new contract, buddy. Two days yeah. later, what the fuck? That's you cause... got your ass handed to you by this team? Uh, of course he did. Yeah. He Halak, wasn't prepared Halak to play. was not on his game that day. Oh, that, that was a mess. I think everyone was rattled. It was like everyone was all disjointed. There's no excuses. I'm just saying. Like Dan Vladar, I think, you know, just developmentally, he's been around a little longer, so he should probably get the call up over Swayman for now. Also, that doesn't leave Providence with, a, you know, like they've got at least one of their main goaltenders. Even if you bring up Kaiser, like it's a good, let him have a little AHL experience this year. Um, hopefully this doesn't last too long, but I believe in Yaroslav Halak. If this defense 
and meaning team defense, not the actual defense all on them, can actually play like they have the ability to. Because all day long on paper, there's no reason we should have our asses handed to us for nothing by anybody. That's just it. Playing. Yeah. Or at least none of the teams that we're playing against this year. <laughs> just kidding. I was um, kind of kind of worried about his injury and what's ailing him. I uh, and you know I just want him to do it right. I, the, in his in a season like this, fifty six game condensed. There's no good time, in my opinion. I thought I know last week I said it's it's better to get injured or or in the beginning of the year and not towards the end when you're trying to jockey for a playoff spot, but when every point is necessary and you're eight points down from the leading New York Islanders, and you could have gotten those eight points uh, with, with uh, four overtimes, you know, you could have gotten yourself a little closer, but you know, you blew that. So I don't know. I just want, I want them to be smart about this. Because uh, if they do make the playoffs, they're going to need Tuka involved. They're going to need a healthy uh, Halak um, mm-hmm. by his side. Um, so it's just something I, I, I wanted to think about because uh, it, just the way that the, the the management is. Like, you do have two coming up against Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I mean, is that a, a situation that you put yourself in that you you desperately need to, to have Halak play both? I mean, that's kind of yeah. tough. I don't know. Like in say just situationally like this week, like dealing with, we know he's going to be the, he's the main goalie this week. We know Tuka, even if he, hopefully we see him skating and him resurface, that'll be a good sign. Um, It's interesting with the Tuka thing because it was all like, oh, well, Yarrow was scheduled to start on Tuesday anyways. We'll see how it goes. And now it's been like, mom's the word. Tuka's like, Cassie might've said like his back still hurts a lot, but it's mom's the word. That's very concerning to me. If they're not at least going upper body, lower body, blah, 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 hockey speak. That's more concerning to me about an injury. Right. Um, hopefully it's something it's only going to be another week. Maybe, you know, I I don't, I don't think this team can sustain. I don't think Yarrow and the backup can sustain without the mix. That's a lot to ask on Yarrow too. You know what I mean? He is not the one getting paid seven mil. Again, injury is not, I'm not like blaming to it, but I'm just saying like he is physically designed to be able to pull four or five games out for you and help the situation, but he is not designed to have to play the next 25 games or whatever as the 27 games as the starter either. So like this week, looking ahead, it makes sense maybe to have Halak, unless he has a really shitty game on Pittsburgh on Monday, have him play Pittsburgh both games because he has the experience. I mean, Sidney Crosby, no offense. I don't want Dan Vladar to get his ass lit up by Sidney Crosby and crew. You know what I mean? If yeah. Halak has a horrible game, absolutely let him have a go on the second of the back-to-back. It might just be like Halak's tired and can't, you know. But Halak hasn't looked bad this week. Of course, he's not been perfect. There's always things a goaltender might have, should have had, you know. But generally, he's been playing really good hockey the last week. Definitely, though, Dan Vladar should be starting against Buffalo on one of the games. Eichel's not even there. Taylor Hall can't see the puck in the net anyways. <laughs> um, if any game, the defense should be able to carry their young goaltender and let him get a little experience of having some, you know, decent players but on him, but not like a team like, hey, I don't want to throw him in courage under fire against the Islanders the next time we play him, them. Although, maybe we should play him against the Islanders because no one else can seem to beat the Islanders. So, um, that's just my thought on that, like, Probably not for Pittsburgh unless Yarrow looks tired or something. God forbid he gets hurt. Cause that's the other thing. We don't want to wear out Yarrow. So he gets hurt too. And now we got both of our goaltenders benched and now Swayman and Vladar have no 
recourse than to go on a great two month run of absolutely beautiful hockey for us to get out of the first two rounds and stay True. in the round. All right. Well, real quick, let's just fly through this. So this week we have four games playing two in Pittsburgh back to back 15th and 16th Monday and Tuesday at 7 PM at Pittsburgh. We are not playing like the Bruins mostly consistently, and they are looking a lot more like the Pittsburgh Penguins that are a pain in your ass. So, uh, I mean, do we have to describe the Pittsburgh Penguins? Everybody knows. Let's just go. Also, I really do love Evgeny Malkin. It makes me happy to see him, just not if he's scoring or anything like that or setting up the scoring. Um, so P Pittsburgh right now is – they play 27 games. They have 35 points. They're ahead of us currently. Uh, they have 17-9-1. and one. They have 7-3-0. and oh. And on a five game in their last 10 and on a five game win streak, uh, we beat them twice early in the season. They were one of our, you know, earlier opponents. Uh, but again, we look like different teams now than we did in January. Um, and we play the Sabres on Thursday and Saturday, seven o'clock and 1 p.m. Where we have like five matinee games or some crap coming out like we're uh, well, starting this last weekend here uh they play 26 games the sabers fucking suck uh they're 6 16 and 4 they're oh eight and oh i'm sorry it is they're on they're they're just on a like an all season lose streak right now um yeah but they're oh for eight in their last to 10 um if we can't be the Buffalo Sabres, I don't want us in the playoffs because I don't want to see what will happen if we get the Islanders in the first round or I can't live through that kind of thing. So uh, that being said, the Bruins currently, we're not exactly in our best place. We're fourth place. We played 25 games. We're 32. We have 32 points. Uh, we haven't won two in a row since February. That's not good. Uh, about a month ago is the last time we went back to back. Uh, and... Although I do have to say we're pretty good home and away, and we've been just 500, 4, 4, and 2 in the last 10. So I don't know. We may or may not beat the Penguins. I think we can beat the Penguins if they get their heads out of their asses. They look more like Thursday's game than the two Sunday Great. or Saturday or any of the games. But, um, yeah, that's that. The Sabres, if we don't take four fucking points from the Sabres, this team, everyone's getting fired at a presser on the next one. <laughs> oh, shit. Coach. The fucking the press conference. Mike Bagpong. Mike Bagpong is the next Oh, my God. That fucking dude's been everywhere this week. Cam and Stray. I'm like, who the fucking Mike Bagpong? Oh, Jesus. NBC right. decided we're just going to dissolve our sports league if we have to pull in Mike Bagpong <laughs> for interesting analysis. All right. Don't Anyways, that's the upcoming. Go Bees. Please, God, give us eight points. But if not, if we could at least get the four solidly against Buffalo to make me feel a little better. To let me know that we are not Buffalo would make me feel better. I don't want to feel, I feel like we're like a wolf in sheep's skin right now. Like we look like the big bad Bruins by name yeah. and sight. But when I see you, just not you are not, like it. not Barry, not more like Pooh Bear, less like Meth Bear we've been playing. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the next topic. Um, the Don Sweeney had a press conference earlier and he was asked a couple several questions, but I clipped one about the additions for uh, um, per, per subtractions possibly uh, with the trade deadline looming and how they would uh, address. So let's, let's hear what Don had to say and uh, we'll uh, talk about it shortly after. So <laughs> what, what, what did you gather from that? Because for me, to me, it, he covers a lot of excuses. Like, it almost sounded like to me that he just wanted to throw those in there to me, say that we're not going to be making any moves like this and that because of this certain situation. 
that he won't eat humble pie maybe on that the plan isn't as brilliant or coming forward in the same time frame you know not maybe the players aren't good or the people you picked or all this other crap but enough is enough dude in the last 3 years again last year i give i give a pass okay they played their asses off until shut down and they were the best team in hockey so i can't be that mad about last season and the bubble was just a certain circuit that i can let go that i can use as an excuse your goaltender had to pull out the bubble was fucking weird you hadn't played hockey in 5 months now we're 3 months into hockey now because you didn't go out last year to get some people to be the depth in case these kind of things happened even with allowing some of the young kids to make their spot in the lineup, you still could have gone and done more, which is fine. And you know what? In a dream world, Andre Kasha would be healthy and scoring. He would have 15 goals on the board. And in a dream world, Tuca wouldn't be hurt and we don't really know what's going on with him. And in a dream world, you know, Kevin Miller would pit play 56 games without an injury and put up 10 points. Um, you know, I just... We can't live in a perfect world. We can't live anymore as a fan base, as a team. Everyone's job is starting to be on the line. Sweeney sounds like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. Because he's right on one hand. You don't want to make a panic move, right? You don't want to just ah, sell the house, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Like that, whatever. Like Jake DeBrus might come back on the next day and look wonderful. Like maybe he had a false positive like Charlie Coyle and he comes back and he's looking more like Jake DeBrusque after that benching like we want to see. So it's a little harder for him to be willing to necessarily give up him. I say something's going to happen though. If this week, if they lose to Buffalo, someone is losing their job in the next week. And I don't know who that is. Neely maybe, Sweeney maybe, Cassidy maybe, you know. Whatever. The, just uh, uh, Elliot, Elliot Friedman did mention last week that the, he says that the Bruins could do something very interesting concerning the trade deadline a month away. Yeah. And I like Elliot. I'm more or less to believe him than a lot of insiders. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, we, we went through the smoke and mirrors stuff uh, previously uh, before the season started. And they addressed Craig Smith. I mean, they looked at the underlying numbers of Craig Smith, saw a good possession, saw a shooter. Came in here. I thought he did okay, but then that's just plateaued nice. basically. That's exactly what it is. It that's great. And like Craig Smith did look like who we thought he'd be. And now he doesn't, you know, just like Nick Ritchie. He's been hot, right? But this week, not as hot as other, you know. So, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not as mad as like even like Nick Ritchie, who's not my favorite, but like he's producing. Like, you're not, I'm not arguing against numbers, you know, like, but they're even starting to cool off. So now we've settled back to. The top line, Charlie McAvoy's having a season. Good for him. He's having his yes. breakout season. Yeah. David Krejci, who missed five games, you know, whatever. It's still, like I said, it's not okay if uh, Matt Grizzlick, who is missed half of the games you've played or whatever, still has six points. And then some of the people who have played 25 games and are um, on your top four lines <laughs> that you would pick can't put the puck in the net like that's not okay on any level whatsoever and something's got to give because if not Sweeney's going to look like a fool because he was and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth but if I could assess in my own brain what I see when I see they were so fucking confident that what they did or did not do last offseason Krug left Chara left we're fine we're fine and you know what 
it didn't look like it was going to be a cliff dive. And this isn't a cliff dive. It's just they're playing like they're starting to like maybe fall off the edge a little bit. And you can't do that because we only have 27 games left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that was the first time I did it. Um, he no, it wasn't. is not a guy that likes to be wrong. And I feel like they were maybe a little too overconfident in their prospect pool and their vision and their whatever. And maybe as an organization, not the players or whoever. I mean, you the players are just the staff that gets put together, right? The coaches can only be given what they're handed, you know? But I think they were so confident that we were still going to be in the top two in the division, even against these opponents, right? And that's not happening because the substance turns off again, give them the old razzle dazzle, you know, it's the shiny new toys worn off, but they can pick it up. If not, something has to happen for the trade deadline or we're out. It, if yeah. it can, if we see another week of play like the last month on off, hot, cold, hot, like it's one thing to be hot and cold. It's another thing to be extremely hot and extremely cold like this. They're like a, one of those TikTok machines. Yeah. <laughs> so let's is, not do that anymore. This is what uh, Cam Neely had to say. Uh, he had a little press conference too. And this is from uh, Logan Mullen of Nesson.com on March 11th, 2021. Uh, the deadline is looming. So we're, we kind of have a good idea what our lineup looks like when we're healthy, Neely said. And we feel like we can use some help along the way. And that's what we're going to try to do for sure. There is some <laughs> challenges, especially in the Canadian teams, but there's teams that you see now that are starting to fall out of any chance of making the playoffs. So those are the teams you want to focus on. Nearly it was asked point blank at the end of the interview once more, if the Bruins will do their best to be active in, in some way ahead of the deadline. He's like, that's the hope. Yes. Neely responded. So you know what? I'm basically seeing two of the same messages Bas you know, it's, it's, it's basically the same thing that as, as last year. So if trends go, I would probably say that this team stays the way it does. And then Sweeney and Neely get fired in the off season. That's true. I don't disagree with that. Hate saying it, but we did good with there. All right. Well, big blockbuster. I think that's all we have. We can't talk about the boys anymore. Now we got to talk about the NHL signs a $7 million. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did we talk about the trades? I think we kind of generally were talking. Yeah, about we'll just skip that one. We'll just okay. go to this one right now. I'm sorry. I was like, oh, gee, I forgot that one. So no. anyway, $7 million for you, uh, seven year, 400 to $420 million, which is like double what uh, NBC had. Signing ESPN, NHL. I'm happy on one level. I don't know how you feel about this. I'm happy on one level because I do think that when hockey used to be on ESPN, even though it didn't get the love it still deserved, it was promoted a lot more. You know, um, ESPN 2 was basically created. They had all the games on there, you know, back in the day. Um, there's some great hockey minds over there that I think don't get to really, even though we as hockey people know them for their brilliance, I think – there's a, a lot of them over there that as much as ESPN could care two shits about hockey generally. Linda Cohn, Linda right. Cohn, Greg Wyshynski, um, oh, I can't Emily believe Kaplan. it. Emily Kaplan. I mean, yeah. just good hockey yeah. people. Yeah. 
There's great people over there. So hopefully they can help ESPN drive how they go about, you know, with this deal. Um, I personally am not looking forward to if there is Barry Melrose because I hate Barry Melrose and I hate a stupid mullet head and I've hated a stupid mullet head for 30 years. And no, I don't want to hear the interesting takes of him. No, I'd rather have Jeremy Roenick back. Thank you. At least he's interesting. I like just, yeah. and I'm only that, but all Mel, all Mel, Barry Melrose is going to say is Gretzky, Gretzky, Gretzky. That's all he ever talks about is Wayne Gretzky. It's like a crux you can't get over. No, I'm just you, know what, you know what's funny about ESPN and this whole deal is there was an audition period for this. And last year, uh, the NHL gave streaming only rights to ESPN. So ESPN yep. had a package. Um, and believe it or not, even though that was a trial, ESPN still paid the NHL $100 million to do that streaming. Yeah. So well, they, that was that was decide. that was a good gauge market of 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 interest. So like, will people actually be interested in ESPN returning to ESPN? So, um, I think a channel that puts on the spelling bee as a sport should shut up and maybe show some hockey. Um, that being <laughs> said, blackouts are going to still continue to be an issue. Yeah, I'm not happy about this. If you're going to be paying for this and you're going to get all this technology and so on, open it up. Don't black out anything. You know, I got pissed off the other day because, you know, with the nine TVs that I have in here, I have to go through and I'm like, oh, I'll watch this game. And then it does its thinking thing. And all of a sudden it pops up and it says, you're out of market. And I was like, well, the game was like out West. Mm. It's like, what does it matter? But then you put it on regular TV and then there it is. Yeah. I hate that. That's Stupid. Very inconvenient. It is stupid to me that the NHL does not have a capacity to just air their own goddamn games. True that. There shouldn't be blackout anything. It's like, okay, I can get, all right, we live near Boston, so we get blacked out for Nessa, and okay, I get that. I should never be blocked out of a Colorado Avalanche game. I'm definitely out of market. Exactly. It is 14 hours to St. Louis. If I want to watch the Blues versus whoever, why am I being blocked out? I have, you know, yeah. But that will go, a little of that might go away. Like, I don't know this to be true, but maybe some of that blackout might go away because of the way maybe ESPN is structured compared. Like, I feel like, I think, and I don't know, again, know this to be true. I didn't get to, I don't have the document in front of me of the deal between the two, but I think that some of the blackouts might diminish a little bit only because I think ESPN structure allows for, um, what will you call it? Like subletting some of the games. Yeah, Do you know what I yeah. mean? And in putting you in market as opposed to keeping you from market. Yep. Uh, maybe not a lot, but it might cu actually cut down on the blackouts. But what has been the largest goddamn complaint of fans? The blackouts. Like, why yeah. do I want to pay you AHL TV 25 bucks a month or whatever, or $200 for the season or whatever the hell it is, you know, depending on your package. Why do I want to pay you if I have, like, I'm a Bruins fan. Why do I want to pay you if I continue because Nesson's too dumb to just figure out their own streaming app that I can pay for, right? Like, again, we live in 2021. Nesson, get a damn streaming app. I just don't understand. A real streaming app. Their app sucks. Even they redid it and it sucks worse. Like, I don't understand. Um, so that, but what concerns me is a little bit, I didn't know this. I was, I don't know if it was um, on 31 Thoughts or maybe Dangle when they were talking about the deal. The, the guy they interviewed on Steve Dangle, you know, had they, but I didn't realize that NBC, like they sponsor the outdoor games. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the kind of general sponsorships of NBC sports. 
as opposed to this was part of the NHL deal that could maybe be transferred. I think ESPN would be a fool to not continue the traditions. You know what I mean? But at the same time, ESPN has a lot more sports that people are going to engage in than say like NBC sports, the channel, there's going to be whole lulls where maybe you're not interested, where we as a nation all are going to tune in for the football game or the college basketball, you know, we have, we're a sports minded nation. So I get a little worried that the um, fun things that we do like, you know, uh, but at the same time, maybe they will sponsor or they'll figure out a way to work with the NHL, how to keep that tradition going. Even if the NHL has to maybe eat some of it and lay on their own personal sponsors as a league, you know, I don't know. I would hate to see some of those. I don't need 87 stadium series. Okay. I don't, it's either all on, on January 1st, we have a bunch of rival games everywhere or just fucking leave it with one winter classic. And if you really want to Calgary and Edmonton play, that's on you, but who gives a damn as a league, you know, just, all right. Now this one's on you. So why don't you uh, do your spiel on this one? So the Isabel cup for the NWHL is going to be awarded. So NBCSN is going to, did I say that? NBCSN is going to be airing the finals just like they planned to originally on the 4th and 5th of February, but too many teams had to pull out and the league shut down. It was just too much with the COVID. They gave it a try in Lake Placid. So on March 6th, 26th and 7th, you can find the NWHL's Isabel Cup semis and finals uh, at these following things. On March 26th, the Boston... I mean, uh, the Toronto Six, who had a great inaugural thing in this crazy year. Uh, they are the top seed. Our Boston Pride will play them at 5 p.m. We are the fourth seed. Uh, on also the Minnesota Whitecaps, who are co-defending champs of the Isabel Cup or whatever. Uh, they play the whale. So two and four play at 8 p.m. And then on the, the next day on the 27th, the finalists will play each other. Obviously, the top seed will end up being the home team uh, per thing, but that will be on. So it's good. The women still get their national exposure that we were so excited that they were going to get with this game. And also go pride, man. Number yeah. four can be number one. Just Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. They might have the seed, but they pride have the experience. Also, it is not okay for Boston teams to lose to Toronto in Boston. So I know the pride will come through for us. Let's hope so. Let's, Let's hope it. so. All right. All right. Where are we? Hashtag Ask BNGs. Yeah, we're going to do okay. some hashtag Ask BNGs to finish this show out. This is where we reach out to the uh, listeners to get some uh, opinions on their thoughts uh, about how this team is working out. Uh, so we will go right over to here. Let's. Which one are we going to do first, Heather? Um, I don't know. That's what I didn't know if you had them up in a particular right. order. Well, I don't we'll care do, what order. We'll do Maria from Watertown first. We'll okay, just go so whatever you pop right. up, I'll read. All right, you pop it up and I will read it. Uh, okay, so Maria, hi Maria, says, is it time for Don Sweeney to make a roster move, even if it's just to send a message to the rest of the roster? And why did no one have Frederick's back after Lemieux cheap hit him in front of that open bench door. Uh, we have talked about this a little, but let's give it one more go on that. Uh, Mark thoughts on that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, so. I think he's, he needs to uh, make a move. Uh, absolutely. There's, you need to send a, uh, a shocking 
roster move that's going to make these guys work and think about their jobs in the future um, and, you know, put the carrot in front of the, uh, the mule. Here we go. Um, and uh, yeah, nobody had Frederick's back. I'm actually surprised uh, Chris Wagner was, was yapping a little bit, but turned to, to see if uh, his teammate was okay. So you kind of respect that too, but you, you need a response. Uh, if that, if Trent Frederick's the guy that's sticking up for you, why isn't anybody else doing it for him? And just stick up with you for your team generally. Exactly. They just weren't, they weren't sticking up for themselves at all. They look silly. The Rangers made them look silly. So I go with you one. It's inexcusable that nobody stood up almost in the same way that day that Mark Savard, I mean, I know it's not as extreme, but like when Mark Savard took that hit, somebody yep. should have paid no matter what the fine was. No matter what, you know, not it's intended. Weird. It's it. weird how long this has been going on. You always stand up for your teammate in some capacity. And in a game that were that big of a shit show, who cares if you take a penalty? It's not like it could get any worse. You know what I mean? Even yeah, no more shit. so. Show that you have balls, right? Show, you know, that's, if not, that's how teams are going to, how are you going to take us seriously? If you're the Rangers, you whoop their ass. And how do they respond? They whoop our asses. How we should have responded is this is why we whooped your ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. that's. We're not seeing that bounce back response. And I think that goes back to what coach Cassidy said about being atypical of this team. They're not bouncing the way they do when they have a bad game bouncing back. Um, as for the other uh, thing, absolutely. I'm just all in that. There's got to be some kind of trade. Something's got to give and it's got to happen soon. Yep. Because you also want enough time to get people in. We're notorious for, we get players, then they have to like have an injury for two weeks or quarantine potentially for two weeks. We don't know. So, okay, what's the next one? What do we have? Thank you, Maria. Yes, thank you, Maria. The next one is Danielle. Okay, so what Danielle asks, so why and how do the Bruins look like a playoff contender one game and then look like the next, like they couldn't beat a college team? Providence could beat them today the way that they were playing. I'm sure she sent this yesterday, 19 hours ago. And I know being inconsistent is killing the team. Yes, yes, yes. I don't yep. know why it's happening. I don't understand. Like my meme said the other day, like I can't, I can't explain it, Danielle. There is no, even if you consider injuries, there is no reason that they're not playing consistent at all. So everybody wants to be all over Jake DeBrusque about consistency. How about the whole club is inconsistent? That's probably not helping his inconsistency. Sorry, Mark. I don't want to get mad, Danielle. Thank you for the question, but that's it. I can't explain it. It's stupid. Yeah, There's no it is. reason. Yeah, this is the next the, uh, the next man up mentality only works when everybody's bought in. It, you know, one person's got a I don't know. It's like a trickle down effect. If if the whole team's just in a fog and they can't figure it out, then you're not going to get positive results. Thank you for the question, Danielle. No nook the bitch. Yeah, always with the good questions, always with the double questions, right? Okay, um, what the fuck was that against the Rangers? We've covered that. We're all having a what in the actual yep. fuck moment in that game. I don't know. I don't think any of us can explain what we saw. I don't think any of us can explain what we saw. Not the coach, not the fans, not everybody. Um, and the question, second question is, is there a point in trades? Will it not be trades for trade's sake? One or two players just pissing on the what hold on let me reread that i'm sorry is there a point in trades will it not be for trades for trade's sake one or two players is just pissing on the fire or should they just ride out the season and shake it up after the season and give the newbies a good run who sorry i messed up that reading that it's actually not a bad this the question to 
yeah, I won't touch on question one because we've been talking about it most of the show. Yeah. Uh, but question two, yeah, I mean, don't do a, a trade just for the sake of trading and to show the, the show the fan base that you have a pulse. Do it for the right reasons. If you believe that you're going to be able to make a cup run, then you make an appropriate move for that. But if you're also following falling so far behind, and if you get out of the fourth place position, you get down to six, seven, and eight. I, that might be an opportunity that you just say, listen, we're going to wash. We're going to wash. We, this is what we're dealing with right now. If our owner is not going to allow us to spend money, which is a which is a, a very valid factor, and we're, we're handcuffed, then we might as well give these young kids an opportunity and and evaluate them for, um, for uh, services next year when you can make a cup and you have the cup, uh, the, the salary cap flexibility to address several needs, not just one here and one there. Next year, you really have a nice stranglehold on a potential good free agent market. True. All True. Right. Say, but yeah, absolutely. I hate trades for trade's sake. That's all I really have to say about that. But good question, we- Nanook. Yeah. Thank you, as always, sir. All right. This is from Manny Cor- Cardona. Okay, who do you think? Who do you guys think are the untouchables in the trade coming up? Love the pod. Keep up the gut, making my day. Thank you, Manny, for sending in your question. Um, untouchables. I would just say Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> you know, he's a captain. Um, uh, Marshan would probably be an untouchable, and McAvoy, and. Carlo. That's I I mean I I really can't. I think that's four. Four that I would say. I we're pretty I'm pretty much like in limbo right now with the whole trade thing and I I'm pretty much like the the natural predators that we're only going to keep a small group of people and then the rest are not it's not a fire sale but we'll take offers on anything. It doesn't hurt to pick up the phone and find out what's going on from other teams and if that what what's going on elsewhere it might intrigue you and fit and the character works together. Why not make a deal? At this point, there are only certain players that I could catch craps if they weren't here. And sadly it is the veterans that we're trying to get them another cup before they retire. So for me, top line, cause they're the only producing line consistently. Usually. I mean, they had a shit show game like everyone else the other day, but generally one of a, one or more of them is going to get a multiple point game, probably. David Krejci, because I don't care. Krejci is Krejci, and I, I'd re- he's, he is not any worse than any of the young kids, and I don't think just give the young kids a chance. So, like, at this point, Krejci, he's almost done with his deal. He doesn't need to get, tra- you know, like, also, if we do go deep in the playoff, that's where his most magical moments happen. So we want him around for that round to get out of the first yep. two rounds. And then I will include Brandon Carlo. He's injured. It's hard to say right now, but on the back end, Carlo, but absolutely Grizz and McAvoy are, I could kill the rest of them. If we have to do go and the gold, I can't be mad at the goaltending. They've had their moments this year, but overall the goaltending has kept us from at least being fourth. And I still hold that. So top line, Krejci, Grizz and Mac and the goaltenders, everyone else can get fucking traded. I don't care. Trade the whole damn farm. Trade the split it and sell it to two different organizations. I don't care. Do something. That being said, gentlemen, do something this week to show me I don't want to trade everybody on this team because at this point, 
I'm going to give up. I'm going to be a Buffalo Sabres fan because if it's going to be as miserable being a Boston fan as a Buffalo Sabres fan, then I might as well just rip the Band-Aid off and go that way. Sorry. Go. All right. Thank you, Manny. All right. So we got Chad. Oh, Chad. Hello. <laughs> are you worried Chad? about Russ health? Yes, we are. We've already established that. Uh, is Halak and a Vladar slash Swayman tandem okay if he's out long term? Uh, we kind of talked about that already uh, with the NHL going on ESPN. Would Jack head there? I love his calls on Nesson. Uh, have Krejci and DeBrus straighten out their games? And how good is Richie? So let's start at the top. Yes, we're worried about Rass health at this point. Yes, a little. Yeah, at least. yeah, I am. All right. Uh, Halak, we kind of talked about this, that it was, should be all right for a little bit, but probably not forever long term. Like if we don't have Tuka back for a month, that's not going to probably sit well with the goaltending. Do you agree with that goaltender, man? I'm really deferring yeah, to you on that. I'm, um, I'm a little different. I'm on totally on board with the Halak and Vladar uh, tandem for now while Tuka mends his injuries. Uh, Swayman uh, shouldn't be in the NHL right now. Um, he should be getting time down in Providence. Uh, so we'll go from there. Uh, it is a hard pass on Jack Edwards for me. Um, I tolerate Jack Edwards because I have to, cause I'm from this area. Um, I'm sorry, Chad, I'm going to have to decline. I do not love Jack Edwards. He is a caricature and although I'm willing to accept him as a Homer being a Homer on home, I think it's a super bad luck on the ESPN. So yeah. I don't know if he'll have the same passion for the other teams to kind of be general. You know what I mean? So what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not much of a big Jack Edwards guy anyway, but I tolerate him, like you said. So I don't care if he comes or goes. My next thing on the Krejci DeBrus thing is I think Krejci is going to be all right again. I think Krejci seems like he's having a worse year than he actually is just because he hasn't been putting – up goals, but he does still have a good amount of points, even with time off, is still one of your top point getters. Uh Debrusque again, it's hard to tell because he got put on COVID protocol. Yep. So there. Uh Richie, like I said, um not so hot this week. Sorry, not not yeah. so good, but also not the only one not so good. So can't really <laughs> as much as you exactly. know, I just have nothing better to do than hate Nick Richie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but he's not the only one who's cold, so you can't really. I, I would say, how good isn't he this week? Because that's the general consensus for most of the team. So, thank all right, you for thanks, the question, Chad. Chad. Appreciate it. Clovis always comes Clovis. in hot and heavy. Okay. Hey, Heather and Mark. So Sweeney does a big speech on depth scoring and changes coming. Do you think it's just lip service like last summer, or will he go out and do it because he's on the hot seat? I, I think just, it's half yeah, and it, half. Yeah, it's it's so them. It's so NHL Bruins to to dangle the lines or be the marionette of of what these guys are talking about because um, it's lip service to me. We'll see. It remains to be seen if they're going to blow anything up and actually do anything. So I sometimes think that they want to do these things, but they don't necessarily have the for, the fortitude or the trading partners to do it. For whatever right. reason, I don't know why that is uh, on that. But, God, I'd love to see something happen and not just a trade for trade's sake to get back to that. Like something meaningful, if not, leave it the hell alone and do something on the offseason. Okay. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Danielle's back. She's got another <laughs> she said, one. She says, how do you think Bruce navigates through this team and builds lineups now with Zach showing 
he deserves a chance here. Uh, unfortunately, he's hurt, so hopefully he'll he may get a chance again uh, soon. Uh, what do you do with Wags Bjork Corrali? Who plays? Who sits? I feel like we're playing uh, Kiss Mary Kill right now. That's, yes, that's what exactly. I feel like. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. 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 I don't know what's going on with Wagner Bjork. I. He's hit a miss in Corrali. Who knows? Uh, everybody sits on on that line. I'm gonna have to like kiss Wags, but he can sit down. Um, I'm gonna marry Bjork. I still have hope, but Corrali, I love you, but like you, you got I guess kicked to the curb. I don't want to actually murder anyone, but that's how I feel about those. It's hard, but I do like Zach Shenzhen. If he can get some, hopefully, like you know, he'll be all right, and maybe he'll, we'll get to see him more up on by the end of the season. And, um, and not only just that, to be healthy and finish his awesome year he's having down in Providence and not give him any more setbacks in this. But uh, yeah, no, like at this point, everybody can fucking sit down. I don't know. I'm going to call up the Bantam team <laughs> from Amesbury Hockey to come up and do it because I feel like, or sorry, Amesbury Triton Hockey to get it done. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. you so. You so. What's up? Um, is it a good or a bad thing that Boston plays afternoon games for the rest of the season? I, I don't so think bad. Yeah, it's we so don't. bad. Don't do it. <laughs> we suck on the matinee. We really do. This the is what only I think one, about when you play an afternoon game. The only afternoon games we're ever <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> the only time we're ever good on the afternoon game is that blackout Friday game we always have the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. The Celts and Bruins tend to be home, and it's awesome. They schedule that way. It's fun to watch them change the garden. One of these days, even though I hate basketball, I would like to go to both the games because it would be fun to spend all day. You leave, you go have a couple drinks, eat some dinner, and go back for the basketball game because I've never been to a live Celtics game. That is one thing. I've never been to a live NBA game, and I would like to do that even though I'm not really a basketball girl. Uh but yeah, at, no, matinee sucks, Yuso. Thanks for asking, but I'm all set. <laughs> Thanks all for the set. question, Yuso. I think he's uh, listening over in Finland, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I would guess that uh, Yuso Kakanainen is probably a Finnish name. Yes, I would, that think would so. be the best guess. All right, all right, and John, oh, I love this. We should have put this one back when we were talking about the Sunday's game. Tamar Mark and Heather is playing down to garbage teams like New Jersey, a character of a championship team, asking for a friend. I think I responded something like, no, it's not, says it's, I asked. It's asked so freaking Bruins. Like it's so Bruins yeah. to do stuff like that. It's crazy. Like the Jersey, it, but even worse, though, like Jer Jersey was just boring. It was like. Um, too many margaritas on Saturday night, boys. What's going on? Wives giving you a hard time. Wags giving you a hard time. Children keeping you up. You got your kids teething. What is going on? They, uh, yeah, I just, I can't. Yes, no, it is never acceptable. It's not even, ex it's not acceptable to play down to any team. We all know this. They know it. Like I said, I don't know. Maybe we need to get Zidane Chara to come in the room and be like, <laughs> next time we play i'm gonna whoop somebody's ass just for embarrassing my legacy just kidding just kidding Boy. i'm just kidding no but seriously no absolutely like that's the thing and that's what makes me worried that we're playing buffalo twice this week because we're like oh buffalo we should be buffalo we yep. goddamn right we should be able to be buffalo but we don't play like we should play teams like buffalo we just don't all right so I'm this weekend bruins history uh is another one from mike Camito. Uh, on this day in 1933, the uh, Blackhawks forfeited a game against the Bruins after their coach, Tommy Gorman, was ejected. 
hashtag hockey365. That's from Mike Camito. He does a great job. And he yes. writes, uh, a, I think he's written a couple of good books. Hockey365 is one of them. So that is it, folks. Oh, um, one yeah. more thing. Happy birthday, Antoine Bleed. I know generally people forget about Antoine Bleed, but I happen to see that on Twitter. So I didn't want you to not get your shout out for your birthday. So at least get yeah. at least get his name right. What? Anton Bleed? Anton. That's what I said. Anton Bleed. I thought you said Antoine. No, not Antoine. If I did, I didn't mean to. I know it's Anton. All right. Listen um, again. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. um, that being said, blackandgoldhockey.com. Follow everyone. Listen to all the podcasts. Blah, 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 blah. I'm, I, you know it. I say it every week, people. You know it. You hear it in your sleep. Yes. Check it out. Patreon. Yes, we do have a Patreon campaign going on where we give away a Bruins-related item every week, four times a month, sometimes six. Well, we're not sure about that. But we also give away a jersey once a month that we buy. So uh, this week we did a drawing, and I want to say congratulations to the Bruins-related item um, to Eric Blackie. That is nice. Chris Blackie's uh, cousin. And uh, he's he's a great guy. Um, fuck that up. You, uh, you but, fucked that up because you were going to make the argument, but my arc is not yeah, the same. Yeah, either I know, way, I know. both awesome. Yes, they're both awesome. But thank you for your contributions, Eric. I will get you uh, information about where I need to ship this awesome item. I'm sure you're going to be very uh, pleasantly surprised. But I know somebody who's going to be very surprised about this is the jersey. The, the March giveaway of a Terry O'Reilly hand-signed jersey. Oh, look at this. It's beautiful. Awesome. Stitched. I love it. Oh, it's unbelievable. And that jersey is going to my friend Hollis Jackson. Hollis is a faithful listener and a friend of mine for many years. He lives down in Alabama. Uh, used to be a New England guy, but moved down south. And uh, now he's got an awesome Terry O'Reilly jersey. Thank you very much, Hollis, for your contributions to our Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. And in turn, we um, that, you know want to thank you and, and give back. So uh, hopefully you enjoy the jersey. Hopefully, Eric, you enjoy the Bruins-related item that I have sent to you. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. The details below. Get involved. We're going to be doing this every month. Next month is a Charlie Coyle hand-signed jersey. So we're going. We have jerseys for the complete 2021. So get involved and really help us out. So with that being said, I do want to say thank you very much, Heather. This was a fun program, even though we had a tough, tough week. Uh, mm -hmm. But I want to say thank you for to all the listeners, uh, for the retweets, the shares, the love, uh, financial contributions. You guys are all good. Um, I also want to thank Blue Chew. Uh, they've come on. They've been a great, great um, um, uh, sponsor. Yeah. We also want to uh, thank BetOnline.ag. Those guys have been uh, with us forever. We certainly appreciate them. Uh, mad love to BetOnline.ag. So, with that being said, this has been a really long episode. We this is probably our longest ever. So, hopefully, we get this all condensed into one. But my name is Mark Arvid, the host of the Black Call Hot. Black Girl Hockey Podcast. She is Heather Angerson. She is my awesome co-host. We want to wish you a very healthy and safe week. Let's go bees. Yeah. Pittsburgh 
and then the Buffalo. Run them down. Let's get full wins. Get back up into the standings and make this happen. So with that being said, go bees. Be safe. Peace out. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.